right to covenant with us. Amid all the changing words of our generation, speak your eternal word that does not change. Then may we respond to your gracious promises with faithful and obedient lives through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The Gospel reading from the Old Testament is from Daniel chapter 1, verses 8 to 16, and can be found on page 1370 in your pew Bibles. I'm sorry, yeah, that's the right page. Sorry. But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the royal rations of food and wine. So he asked the palace master to allow him not to defile himself. Now God allowed Daniel to receive favor and compassion from the palace master. The palace master said to Daniel, I am afraid of my lord the king. He has appointed your food and your drink. If he should see you in poorer condition than the other young men of your own age, you would endanger my head with the king. Then Daniel asked the guard whom the palace master had approached over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for ten days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. You can then compare our appearance with the appearance of the young men who eat the royal rations and deal with your servants according to what you observe. So he agreed to this proposal and tested them for ten days. At the end of ten days, it was observed that they appeared better and fatter than all the young men who had been eating the royal rations. So the guard continued to withdraw the royal rations, their royal rations and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables. Our New Testament reading this morning comes from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. You can find this on page 1694 of the Pew Bible. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of God for the people of God. God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Daniel and his friends found themselves in a foreign land, exiled from their home. They were faithful men who were careful to uphold the Jewish laws regarding food. The food and wine were prepared differently than what was required by the way of life they'd been called to, or at least they didn't know if it met their kosher requirements or not, and it wasn't worth the chance. So Daniel asked to be allowed to continue his ways. And this was met with skepticism by Daniel's boss, the palace master. This isn't how we do things, he tells him. And if your way goes wrong, I'm getting in trouble. This is not a scenario that we cannot easily picture in today's terms. The boss asks Dan to do something that Dan isn't comfortable with because it's not in step with his religious convictions. 
Perhaps he's told he's not allowed to wear his yarmulke or turban to work because of a dress code policy, or he's asked to start using shady or unfair marketing and sales tactics. Dan reasonably says, I'm sorry, sir, I can't do that. This is bigger than my job. A kind manager might hesitate at first for fear of it coming back on him, but will ultimately, as the palace master does for Daniel, say, all right, let's try it your way, but this better not fall back on me. A less kind one might tell him his religious convictions had better take a back seat to his job requirements, my way or the highway. A man or woman of faith like Daniel's stands their ground, even not knowing if the boss will bend or not. One of lesser faith backs down and does what they are told. Now, this is bigger than um, a person who will or won't sell a cake or a photo package. Ultimately, selling a cake to someone, regardless of how reprehensible you might find them or their way of life, is not going to affect your relationship with God, and it's not going to hurt anyone. What Daniel faced was religious persecution, something that tore at the very fabric of his spiritual life, his communication with God. For Jews of his time, food law was part of their spirituality, and in their state of exile, their spirituality was in deep trouble. All around Daniel and his small circle of friends were people who were ignoring, poo-pooing, and outright antagonizing their spiritual lives. Daniel was suffering true persecution. Our way of life is not popular anymore, and it is very difficult. But for the most part, people are happy to live and let live. If we find our faith doesn't fit in our places of work or school or in our groups of friends and how we move in the world in general, we've got this all turned around. If you've been trying to figure out how to fit your Christian walk into your busy life, no wonder you're struggling. It's not about fitting your Christian walk into the life you happen to be living in the world. It's about shaping the life you live in the world according to your Christian walk. Daniel could have said, well, I really should be eating only kosher food, but it's just so hard. That's not how people eat around here. But instead, he said, look, let me have a shot at doing my job while living faithfully. It'll be fine. You'll see. In today's terms, that might be something like, sorry, I can't do that birthday party or meeting or ball game or whatever at that time because that's my holy day. Can we try another time? And you'll see it'll all be fine. Daniel didn't come by his great faith and ability to stick to his godly lifestyle by some sort of fluke or happenstance. He wasn't just born more faithful than the rest of us. He didn't have some magical connection to God that allowed him to stand his ground, pray well, and interpret dreams. He was able to stand his ground because he was already rooted in a faithful lifestyle. He was already following the food laws and holding them up as being utterly important. So when things got wiggy, he was able to stick to his convictions. This is the kind of faith that we look at and say, whoa, that's some seriously strong faith. But that doesn't just happen. There are years of faithful dedication that build up to it. The early church of Acts didn't just grow because they had a cool young minister, not that there's anything wrong with that, guys, or the best programs or tons of money. The church grew because the people dedicated themselves to living in faith, praying, worshiping, celebrating communion, caring for one another. 
It was their deep spirituality that brought in new believers. I would love to see every seat in this sanctuary filled. There are around 1,800 people who live in this borough, and I can guarantee that there are not 1,750 people across the street at St. Mark's this morning. But we're not going to fill seats by hiring a praise band or a hipster youth pastor. We're not going to effectively share the gospel through guilt and finger-pointing. Our witness as a community is not tied to the size of our budget or the beauty of our carpets and lawns or the number of people that are sitting here this morning. In order to follow the lead of the faithful like Daniel, who stood solidly on their faith, and to witness to the masses like those in the Church of the Acts, we focus on our spiritual growth and development. We develop a life that is rich, that others want to figure out. We look to developing habits of prayer and fasting, celebration and study. We concern ourselves with the faithfulness and energy of our worship. We gather together around this table for communion. We work to develop a spiritual life like Daniel had that informs how we live and move in the world around us, and we encourage one another on that journey. Whether you are a pro at getting up early or staying up late to study and pray, or you feel guilty because your spiritual life is basically confined to this hour on Sunday, the first step toward enriching your spiritual life is to know where you are. What are you doing well, and what needs help? One very helpful tool is something called a rule of life. And there are worksheets out in the kitchen because you know how I love to provide things like worksheets and information. Um, these worksheets can help you explore your own rule of life. Even if you're sitting there thinking, I don't have one, you do. <laughs> we all have one. In a nutshell, a rule of life is a list of the spiritual stuff you do. So if you go to church every Sunday, that's part of your rule of life. If you go to church once a month, that's part of your rule of life. If you meet with a Bible study or accountability friend, that's part of your rule of life. You might not have anything on the list that happens daily, or you might have many things. Maybe you consider listening to worship music in the car a part of your rule of life. <laughs> Write it down. Maybe sitting on the porch enjoying the sun is part of your rule of life. That can be a spiritual experience. Running is part of my rule of life. It shuts down my brain long enough to listen to God. The point is not to get it perfect, and there is no right or wrong stuff to have on the list. The point is to identify what it is in your life that brings you closer to God. You see, Daniel had a rule of life. He had a regular fasting and a prayer life. And that's how he was able to stand strong, to be the man of faith that we read about in the lion's den. You may find that there are more spiritual things in your life than you thought you had. You may find that there are fewer. Either way, you will be on the beginning of your journey to faith like that of Daniel and the members of the first church in Acts. It's the first step toward deeper relationship with God, toward greater energy of faith, and conviction of who you are. And like the old campfire song goes, it only takes a spark to get a fire going. And soon all those around 
will warm up in its glowing. Friends, as we begin this journey together this summer, exploring things like prayer and celebration and worship, let us be that fire. Let us begin that fire with a little spark so that those all around who are out in the cold, who are feeling lost and wandering, can warm up in the glow of that fire and grow closer to God as a result. Amen.